Hello and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is a podcast where we speak to tantalising, scrumptious and amazing people from across the globe that help comedians like you and me live this comedic journey on our own terms. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends, subscribe and give us a five-star view rating on Amazon or iTunes. Now, today's guest is an absolute diamond. She has come all the way from Edinburgh. No, she's come all the way from London just for this podcast. <laughs> and I'm in London as well. No, <laughs> it's she is a remarkable guest. She is, her name is Julia Masley. She is a Malcolm Hardy Award winner and a lady who's going to give us scrumpets and an intriguing journey of how living the journey of an MMA fighter and boxer was a, was how she produced an award-winning Edward show. She's going to tell us a fantastic journey into comedy and what it takes to win an Edinburgh Fringe Award for your show. Please welcome our fantastic guest. Hello, Julia. Hi, Marvin. Wow, what an introduction. Whoa. Diamonds, scrumptious, tantalizing, <laughs> living on my own terms. I love that. I love that. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it, it sounds like an opening, like a, a, a like an inspirational movie thing, doesn't right? it? Right? It does. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, wow. I feel, wow. I feel, spa- I'm sparkling and I feel like there is sparkles just going off and fireworks. It's, yeah. Th- thank you for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure to get you on. And it, it's, I'm really sort of intrigued to find out about you and your journey into being a comedian in a way. Gosh, I still like, it's funny you say, because I'm like, I still, when comedian, it's such a, such a I, I, I guess I don't see myself even as a comedian because it's, when I look at comedians, I'm like, wow, okay. jokes, it's beautiful. You, you're so, you know, I, I guess I, I don't make jokes in a sense, you know, but I'm, I'm happy that comedy has accepted me with, you know, just are like, yeah, come perform, do your thing, do whatever. I just, I just wanted to, you know, to perform, I guess. And then comedy was just like, here's a stage. We do open mics. Anyone can do it. And that was kind of how it started. Yeah. So do, would you classify yourself more as a performer and a clown act rather than a straight stand-up who knows I guess definitely not a stand-up I, I I would love to try stand-up one day but I don't know like I should do a course or something because I would love to like figure it out because I'm like how do people do this um I guess they are probably like how how does she do this weird yeah. stuff right it's like um the, but I'm like how do you guys you're so good with words but um, I guess, how do I classify myself? I don't know. Yeah, I guess, yeah, performer, I guess, but also like a maker, maker of things, theater maker or performance maker, comedy maker. I don't know. Yeah. Any, what do you mean by like maker? Do you mean like you're like a sculptor? Yeah, I'm like sculptor, sculpting performance. <laughs> or you know how, because we make shows, I guess. It's a bit more 
I guess our shows are kind of a bit more theatrical, right? So we, because we, it's kind of like, um, yeah, we kind of make the shows, devising, devising shows. My background is in devising shows, but then, yeah, comedy is so cool though. Comedian, right? I'll be a comedian. Hmm. (laughs) So, so you like both the performance and the creating part? Yeah, yeah, I I do love the creating part as well a lot. Yeah, for sure. And what what led? Because you have quite an interesting background. Like from listening to Not to Bad Comedy, you you didn't stumble into like theatre with Goliath, but you you were doing some sort of course or some sort of production, and someone mentioned Philip Goliath, mm. and then you thought you'd give it a go. And then it's sort of, did it, is that how you got started into producing shows and making people laugh? Yeah, pretty much, you know, I just, I, I actually wanted, I think, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be an actor, like, to be this classical actor, to play, like, tragedy and, like, really epic, like, tragic, like, I don't know, like, Shakespeare and, like, um, Chekhov, and I wanted to do, like, greek tragedy and all that stuff and but then but then like the drama school route was kind of it felt very closed off for me because i had an accent and i was coming from a different country and i felt like yeah i just felt like oh this is not gonna work and then and then i discovered uh, a theater company uh, called complicity who are using a lot of clowning in their work and um, their background was Lecoq and and Philippe, right? Philippe Gaulier. And uh, I did their workshop. It was very lucky. I was like, I was really young. It was, I was still in high school and I did their workshop and it completely blew my mind because it was so scary. They were just like, okay, we don't want some, uh, we had to play this game where we, um, do this grandmother's footsteps ga- game, you know? Uh-huh. And then there were like costumes on the floor, just random bits of clothing. And then we we had to like, as we go towards the person who is playing the grandmother, we as we like walk slowly, we kind of pick up a random piece of clothing and we have to put it on until we're wearing clothes, but we don't see what we're putting on, right? So we're just, we don't know even what we look like. And then when someone wins, the person turns around and we become like a family of idiots or something. And then we had to just like improvise and I didn't even know what I was wearing. And I was just standing there like, oh, you know? And there was this like really funny Italian clown. And I was just like, how do you do this? He was just, every time he was on stage, he just took the set, took the spotlight. I was just like, what is this? Where am I? Who are these people? <laughs> I want to be, I want to be like these people. They're like, they, it's like they're from another planet. I was like, I, I love it. Like, wow. And then Goliath, they, they, they mentioned Goliath. So I, that's how I kind of, and I was just like, okay, let's go. And there was no addition process, nothing. I was just hmm. like, perfect. They will take me. I'm going. <laughs> yeah. And how did you, how, tell us a bit about your experience of being at Goli, because I think you were in the same year as Vigo, Venn, and is it Stamp Town? Yeah, yeah. So Vigo was in my year. And Johnny was in my year. Um, who uh, Johnny works with Zach and Vigo and um, Zach was in the year before us but he was with us in school for one year 
and um, yeah, it was a really great group of people, siblings as well, uh, Maddie from siblings, um, if you oh. know them, they're great, and um, Dan Lees, who's directing, was there for a bit, who's directing me now, um, gosh, so many great people, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, there was also so many great people who are doing different things now. I, yeah, it was such a mix of people, circus performers, but a lot of comedians, actually, a lot of like stand-ups. And when I got there, I thought it was going to be a theater school, but most people were like, I'm here because of Dr. Brown, because he won this comedy award and he's so, he inspired me to be here. So I was like, who is this? What are they talking about? (laughs) That's kind of, I didn't even know what clowning really was when I was there, but everyone was there to do clowning. I was just like, I'm just here because the school took me and it was no audition process to come here. (laughs) And tell us a bit about like your, because I mean, I was also part of Gurley and you know, it's, 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 you know, you're in a small little village French village completely cult. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you're in a cult letting letting an old man just <laughs> tell you that you're shit and you need to be better. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically we pay a, like a thousand pounds to to get given abuse and insults <laughs> that our worst enemy would happily give us. <laughs> no. Right. It's so strange because I didn't go to like university. So that was my university in a way. Like, so I went, that was my main education is going to college. Mm. Yes, it's funny. But yeah, we, I mean, but also he, I mean, like, yeah, he's also, I mean, yeah, it's not for everyone. Let's say that it's just like not for everyone, but it can be very helpful if you're ready to, take on that criticism and push through it and just like keep doing it even though you're being told your shit kind of breaks down your ego and then you're like okay I am a piece of shit but I have nothing to lose you know I have nothing to lose because I have I know that I'm shit I know that I suck so I might as well try Uh, and that's why you you felt you thrived because you didn't go in with any ego thinking that you were this and that you just went I definitely went in with ego I went with so much ego I was like I'm gonna ace this I'm gonna be Uh. great (laughs) and then I was just like like clowning was so hard and just the second kind of year was a lot of com as soon as comedy being funny came like came into the kind of as soon as you had to be funny I just shut down I just I wanted it so bad I was like I was trying so hard it was so bad it was absolutely awful like he was like you was so I mean so many insults like boring just like communist uh, boring Russian Russian clowns are never funny Russian clowns are the worst um, just everything you know and I was just there like 19 years old just being like my god but I what I thought I was I thought I can do this and then I just like and in a way like the turning point for me was when I gave up I was just like I give up I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be good at this but give up but then I was like shit I'm still paying for the school so I can't like not go on stage like I still have to get up because otherwise I'm just wasting you know I'm wasting money on this and and then I gave up and when I went on stage having given up 
that's when things started to kind of get, um, better. get better yeah and I started having kind of breakthroughs I guess and it was very small ones tiny a tiny breakthrough but it was enough to make me be like oh I want more of this like this tiny moment that I had I will remember it forever and like keep it close to my heart and like never forget that that's that's possible and that's that was kind of it kept me I think wanting to continue even though it was very hard and scary terrifying but I was like this felt really good and this was something special and it was it felt like I wasn't in control anymore you know it was like and I wanted to be in control all the time which made me not good <laughs> but it's a journey like I think if you go to Goli and have a great time you would struggle after because I think it's a gift to have a shit time there because then you're like you have nothing to lose after you're like okay it sucks so but and then you have to be okay with that and then mm. after that but you have to have the dream you have to be like but one day I'm gonna be I'm gonna be great you know you can't forget that right you have to dream dream big but know that you're a piece of shit that's, that's what i learned i think can i ask you what what are some of the worst insults that he's given you and what's some of the worst insults you've seen him give others and what's <laughs> what, what's the strangest thing you've seen happen at that school <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh such good questions um so the worst insult he gave me that hurt me a lot was um and that I'll never I'll never forget I think and that it was like you have no humanity when he said that that really was like stabbed me in the heart I was just like oh like this is and that was in clowning and I was wearing and oh my gosh I made this massive I had like so many costumes in clown he kept being like um you have to change your costume. Um, this doesn't work. So I just kept coming in different costumes. And one day I thought, I have an idea. I'm going to make this amazing, huge, like, costume. Like, he, he called, he was like, you're going to be daughter of the Tsar. So I made this, like, I spent all night making it. You know, I was like, made this massive, like, skirt. It was, like, huge. I had this big crown. I was like, Oh my God, I was like, I'm gonna, I got this. I'm gonna be, when I come on, everyone's gonna die laughing. It's gonna be amazing. And then I brought it to school. It took me like half an hour to put it on because it, it was so complicated. And then I went on stage, hopeful. This is it, this is it. And then he was like, ugh, artist of my balls. Like, you have no humanity. And, and he made me take off the costume and like, it was so heartbreaking and I was just like no and but and everyone was just watching me like and I was there taking off my like and it's just like and then standing just like in some shitty tights and like t-shirt and just and I couldn't I think I was holding on so much I wanted I was really like I had a lot of I was like I couldn't let go of dignity I was like no I'm gonna I'm not giving up. So every time I would kind of, I would go and sit down in the audience after and I would burst into tears. And, but I wouldn't 
cry on the stage. I could never cry on the stage. I was like, you can, I'm not showing you my tears, <laughs> which made me be not good, not a good clown. A clown would cry on stage and then we would love them. Like if they just shared what was going, what was happening, but I was just, no, I couldn't. You know, I have this Russian pride, like not giving him my tears. I'm a soldier. But then as soon as I sat, it was just fountain of tears. And I remember like Vigo, my partner now, who was also in my class, a clown, great clown. He he was always like, but you're so funny when you like sit down and start crying. Then we love you. Like when you're crying, <laughs> you need to do that on stage. You know, I was like oh but after a while it's just like I was holding on it mattered too much for me and then once I gave up it was fun it was I was like okay I'm bad great you know but it mattered you basically describe it as the matrix (laughs) I've also I don't know if you if I answered your question because that was um yeah I I don't know if you asked me a lot of questions and I I think I answered one of them that was the worst insult yeah that was the worst incident that happened to you. But what was the mm-hmm. worst thing you've seen happen to someone else? So one of the strangest things I saw happen was where yeah. a guy and a girl started, started spanking each other on stage, which was <laughs> quite mad. And then he would ask people to oh my gosh. pretend to do each other. Like he had one of the guys do the Is that in Buffon? action. Yeah. Is that in Buffon? Yes, 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 okay, with other people. Okay, fair. If it's in Buffon, I understand. Yeah, Buffon is dark module. Yeah. And that's that was that there's some of those the math. But you have to give context. It is Buffon and it is like it is in Buffon, which and Buffon is basically like where the underdogs of society, right? Like just to give context to people who maybe haven't have no idea what yeah, going yeah. is. Otherwise, they'll think all sorts <laughs> they'll of think, things. Oh my gosh, what, why did you go <laughs> with that? But yeah, Buffon is, is like um, where underdogs of society kind of um, traditionally like went in front of the king and like the royals and like or the rich people and entertained them. But then like, um, but they did it so they bought they kind of like they got their love they the audience loved them but then they you know they use that to stab them like do something kind of reveal something that is so wrong in society right like reveal their own hypocrisy of the audience and like so the fucking and all that is kind of like yeah like we are free we don't care it's kind of like the celebration of that so it's like when it it, but it needs to be done in the correct way right in a good and Buffon is so like it can be like if it's off it's like what the fuck am I watching (laughs) yeah it's like that with a lot of things in that school with everything that goes on when it's off it's it's (laughs) yeah and and in the same way with with Golia performance performances like people who train there I think like often we when we go and perform in the fringe for example like if it when it's bad it will be the worst thing the audience will have ever seen in their life and they will never forget it and when it's good (laughs) it's going to be the best thing they would have seen right 
and I definitely like experience like because yeah when we're bad we're like we're very bad and <laughs> but and then I think like we did a show in Australia called Late Night Nonsense which some nights was just like the worst thing ever and some <laughs> some of my friends now comedians still talk to me about it they're like that show was so bad and now I'm like oh no we need to rehearse we need to work we, we can't we can't just turn up with nothing that's mm. what we thought that was the right thing to do but it was yeah I, I wouldn't do that again I wouldn't put an audience through that again but yeah it was it was a learning learning process <laughs> what what's it called um hmm and how would you, I mean, it's, it's quite a unique experience going to Goliath as a whole. I mean, it's, it's mm. something you can only sort of describe on, unless you've been through it. I mean, it's, did you do a lot of things in Cafe Jew as well? Cafe <laughs> de Depart? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that place is special, isn't it? It's like the one social place where everyone hangs out in the in the town of Etomp where the school is based right that's the place where we all go and if you are often like if I had a bad day at school I would just disappear because I would I lived in Paris so I could just take the train home and disappear like I would I would miss the socializing part because I was like I can't face my classmates I just can't but some people would go there and be like over the wine, be like, oh, Philippe told me I'm this and that. What am I going to do? And yeah, it's, it's a nice, uh, or some days we would just have a great time. Like people would be like, circus artists would be like, I remember just learning juggling a lot outside of Cafe de like because Paddy, I had a friend Paddy who was in our class, who was a, an Ivan. They were both coming from a circus background and, they were like pra practicing tricks and I was just like this is so cool mm. and then I would be like they would be teaching me juggling so it was always it was a fun time mm. always things happening there yeah. one of hmm. one of the things that I find intriguing about Philippe and um Michiko is that they, they they're very MI6 with the way they do things so like <laughs> when I booked the what's it called the course I used like my personal email address and like I paid everything and I went through there but I don't know how they found out about this I hear that Philippe doesn't like comedians so I, I deliberately tried not letting him know about that and then all of a sudden like when I was you know like the, the year being cancelled when I was over there and like all these things happening she starts emailing my comedy club email address and I'm a bit like what, what are you doing <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so funny they do a lot of like they I didn't know they I'm sure they like comedians no how do you how, how no, that's do you what know? I hear like that they <laughs> so I try to keep that away and it's, they're very they play a lot of games and like you hear them having these spies and then you have this and that and it's a bit like <laughs> how did you guys know this and what was so funny but they're playing they're playing of course they are just but, playing. they're having fun they're having a great time as well no they're just or I don't know but they are I think that it's fun for them as well to to play games with, with their students. Mm. <laughs> that, that's but that's what it, it's 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 intriguing. It's, what are you guys do? <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, one of the things that I found quite um, so we mentioned, but I think we said it before the podcast in that we we're talking about comedy and like clowning and all that. As you're sort of, you didn't sort of start off in comedy. You did sort of acting and other things before you went to Gurley and doing yeah, all these other things. Yeah, I was kind of doing more theatre type of thing. Yeah, one not not the, seriously, not on like a very professional level, but that was always a passion of mine. Yeah. But that was your sort of field in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My passion, I guess. And it's still sort of your, you, you, would you say you're sort of a slash actor, theatre performer, sort of clown? I, you Show know what, I, I don't know in a way, but I, I know that I'm very inspired by theatre, but I don't do, but I, I guess I take that and use that in my comedy, I guess. So my inspiration, yeah, I, I'm, I'm inspired so much by theatre and like kind of big epic tragedies and like, uh, these type of, you know, um, theatrical, very like, oh, like, like, okay. like the Russian kind of, there's a Vakhtangov theater where they do like huge, beautiful like performances. And I'm just, I've always wanted to be in that, but I know I will never be able to be in that. So I just, I use that kind of in my, in my comedy in a way, like, I guess um, in, yeah you know like in legs for example i do a number called blade of grass where i'm a blade of grass but the way i approach that number is like it's very like i kind of i you i it's like i'm playing this epic tragedy and i that's what inspires me and drives me in that number even though i'm it's it's so stupid but like for me it's like oh i get to be this this big uh, tragic performer now and I will be tragic now and, mm. and but I'm dressed ridiculous and but and there are funny kind of lines and things like that but but I am inspired and it, I have pleasure being uh, playing these epic different like, things okay yeah yeah I asked that question because I had a comedian on called Ada Kemp and she doesn't like to describe herself as anything. She does magic. She does singing. She does all these different things. And yeah. I get the feeling that you are similar in a way. And you just would like to call yourself a performer, like an MMA performer that puts on shows. That would probably yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. But comedian sounds really cool. I'm just like, but I'm just, I, I don't, but then I'm worried because people think I have jokes and I don't. They're like, so tell us a joke. And I'm like, I don't know one joke. Well, when I say when I when someone says that to me, I say I'm looking at you. If someone says that, <laughs> no, it, that but it's it's a bit of um, there's lots of different types of comedians. There's Nina Conti. The, yes, there's different so, types of that. I saw her show recently, by the way, and she's awesome. And I am jealous. <laughs> you have to see her. She's so she's so cool. I. I She's such an inspiration, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love her creativity of all the dummies and all of that and the things she gets them to say. Yeah, she's so... And just the way she plays with it is so, like... It's, you know, it's so beyond... It, it's also, like, you can't call her just a ventri... Like, she is a ventriloquist, but she's also doing so much more with ventriloquism, which is so, I think, inspiring and exciting. Mm. It's very theatrical, it's very funny, it's very um, layered. Yeah. 
that was um, who I'm living with. They said bye, so I said bye as well. <laughs> bye, bye. They've gone. <laughs> oh, they've gone. Bye. So <laughs> where did they go? Where did they go? They're off to work. <laughs> they're to, they're going to work. Great. Oi. <laughs> this hot, wet, hot day. I yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> But you mentioned a lot of interesting things there. Like one thing that I wanted to say is one of the things in comedy and that I found in other performances is comedy is a lot more who it can be. It's a very brutal thing because mm. you have to deal with a lot of reject. You probably get you get this in all art forms, but I think definitely in comedy, you get a lot of rejection. Like you get a lot of comedians will rip each other apart a lot. There's a lot, really? To a, to a degree, with there's a lot of what that. What do you mean? I don't know about this, I guess, because I'm not in the circle of like. It's, it's like having a you got to have a balanced view of things. My, I think most people are all are good, and that's yeah. that's how things go forward. But you also got to be prepared for the horse shit as well. And the thing is, we, a lot of comedians we are quite harsh with one another. We do they, they really? do say a lot of things about one another, like this and that and that sort of really? your skin in a way you have to have I didn't skin know that. Doing comedy because people are very opinionated in this art form and they want to yeah it, it's a bit like liverpool manchester sometimes people are very um you need skin to deal with it but you know the clown community is the opposite everyone is so supportive and um i i find at least everyone is so nurturing and kind of it's just lovely it's like a family it can't, yeah, I think it's the same in acting as well and singing. People are very cut, can be cutthroat. And oh, yeah. it's 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 how how does that happen? Because I hear in. I don't know. You know, I I try to like, I guess I'm sure that happens, but I don't. I try not to let that in. Kind of, you know what I mean? It's just like I I try to be supportive. I mean, like I I love. I just love that people do this and I'm 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 more like I'm just searching for um kind of um like I'm I'm just I I go and see things that I'm excited to see and I I don't know I I, I think it's great to support each other because it's like it's it's we're all here in this together you know it's let's make I, I don't know yeah I guess my answer is like I, I really don't I don't know about this like I don't experience it so much I think the bit that I was getting at in comedy is that and also when you're up on stage all the time you're telling yeah. jokes you're doing different things so of course it, people are not gonna like you that's for sure that's, because that's if you're thing. doing anything people won't like you you know it's like um absolutely and I, I think I definitely actually no I feel you I, I I had when I started I also was very much like a people pleaser so for me if someone doesn't like me that's just like it makes me so sad and like you know but then I got over that I was like I can't be a people pleaser and do this because it's not gonna I'm I can't I won't survive I won't and then now yeah. I'm like just focus on what I'm doing and also support other other people and yeah it's like yeah but you kind of just have to you I think what helps me is just like why do I do this to question like why do I do it because um if that's clear for me like if my intention is clear then it's okay if I have bad days or if it 
if something someone doesn't like me or whatever I don't I don't it doesn't matter because on a big scheme of the things I know I know kind of why I'm doing it so the next day I just have to try again you know yeah the thing that I was getting at I think I was going around the world with what I was saying and all over the place but I think <laughs> the thing that I'm getting at is that what I yeah I think is what you said there that's what I was trying to say I was saying yeah. that in comedy you have to have the mindset because everyone's got opinions everyone's got to yeah. say this and that and some and audiences will hate yeah. what you do as well especially that's... if you're doing something quite like outside of the norms you know yeah that's what I was getting at yeah yeah I, I hear you that 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 I hear you and but um yeah I, I hear you and I guess um I guess I just focus on the people that do like my work you know I just focus on the ones that come out are smiling in the audience even when I'm playing um even when I'm on stage I try to most like I of course I'm playing for everyone I'm looking at everyone but um I I try to not like if someone is hating it right I don't like just focus on them and try to make them like it because I know that's not gonna be great because it's like oh I'm excluding all the people that like it maybe if I, maybe if I play for the people that like it that person will also start to like it you know so I try to not kind ah. of um, get that into my head like it's okay if you don't like it like I also I'm like why should you like I'm not asking you to like it like um it's okay with me like because I sometimes not like th shows and I think that's um that's fair like of course I'm not gonna like something and like something else it's not gonna I'm not gonna like I'm but I'm gonna watch it and be like why don't I like it okay I don't like it because of this and this and that's gonna mm. hopefully inform like something else that I do so like I think not liking is a is a healthy response like it's fine I'm like okay good on you for not liking my show and it means <laughs> you have something it means that you have some sort of identity in a way because if you appeal to everyone, then maybe you don't give enough value to Absolutely. your particular group. Absolutely. But I also think, like, I doubt that there's someone who appeals to everyone, right? I mean, every mm. person is going to have some people not like them. It's just... Yes, um, for right? whatever yeah. reason. Whatever <laughs> what reason. <laughs> so, like, yeah. You, you could do the nicest thing or the best thing in the world and someone will find a way to hate it or to twist it or to to use it as an excuse to not like it of course of course yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also like i think realizing that a lot of it is just like people because i mean we are realizing that like i for example me and vigo when we put on we we put on clown costumes we went out on the street most people response was very um, happy and people you know smiling and wanting to play with us but there were some people that um a couple of people that had a very strong angry response and i think i i just i didn't find that like it didn't upset me or anything i just found it fascinating because i was like whoa like this this because I was wearing a Pierrot kind of costume and Vigo was wearing Harlequin. And I was like, whoa, like um, this can also make them very angry. That's very interesting. Like just this archetypal kind of clown can, um, I, I just find it kind of fascinating in a way because it's, it's just a projection or it's a, you know, it's like 
they're just um it's not it's not personal it's not to do with me it's i'm just a it's separate from me in a way i i don't see it as me either like when i'm performing it's not me it's still like it's a version of me that i'm putting on stage so it's like i it's you you don't have to take it personally because it's it is not you on stage they don't not like you as a person they don't know you they just maybe don't like you in that moment and that's okay and that's probably what people say the biggest lesson you get out of going to Golia that's yeah but also at Golia of course we learn like if if the if the audience on the whole doesn't like you, if the whole audience doesn't like you I think what we learn at Golia is to feel that and to try to get them on our side right to try to be sensitive to that and to to change what we're doing or to like yeah and I think in that way of course we should um we should get them to like us unless they're really weird or unless you're like I don't like unless you're doing a very political show to people that don't agree with you and then you're like you want you know they don't like you but you're playing with that you know it of course it's there's ways to but in clowning, I think, like, of course, you they want you want them to love you, and hmm. yeah. But if one person doesn't, it's okay, you know. And that's one of the things that I hear from every comedian, right? They all they they say a lot of comedians that I've gone on the podcast. They say, "Oh, I'm doing well. I'm making people laugh." But they see that one person that's not liking them, and they go, "No, no, no! How do I please you?" <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. And I, I think I did that before. Yeah, because you want them. I think some people do it really well, though. Some people, I think it just depends on the style, because I've seen people be like so great when they start picking on the person who is hating the show. And <laughs> and then it's really funny for everyone. And, or like they're, they're very good at some people are just very good at that. I think for me, it doesn't work for me to do that because I, it gets uh, it gets in my head like I, I would. Um, I prefer to just focus on the ones that are laughing and hopefully this person will join in. Mm. But um, some people are very, they do it in a fun way. And it's like, and then they start enjoying it as well. They feel included, you know? So it's, yeah. Or there's a way to include them maybe in a more sensitive way. Like mm. instead of being like, you hate the show, like maybe you can, I don't know. Give him just a kiss. try to include, <laughs> yeah, exactly, maybe, maybe that's too far. But yeah, something, you know? Uh, but maybe they hate you and they're really angry to be there and and then then you feel that and you're like i respect that i respect your anger i respect that you hate it i'm not gonna pick on you (laughs) we'll give them a poem (laughs) yeah Yeah, give them a poem but um but sometimes like yeah i think like if someone is heckling you and actually like saying Mm. angry things right like often the audience will be on your side so um it's very it can be a beautiful thing where someone is saying angry things but then the audience loves you so they are kind of they're with you so then you can play with that somehow but i don't know i i don't i i've seen people be really good at that i hope that i can do that i don't know if i i don't know if i'm like yeah that that that's it's fun to have a he- someone hating it as well. It's an, it's it creates something interesting. It's at least something, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the things that I want to ask you about is: so once you finish Golier, 
how did you become sort of this like how did you get into producing comedy shows and then what what led you to creating legs <laughs> <laughs> yes god what led me to creating legs <laughs> Oh my gosh, <laughs> my legs led me, you know, <laughs> they led me and they created legs. I didn't create legs. My legs just, they just wouldn't stop, you know, they were just going and I'm like, just had to follow my legs. And next thing I know, I'm in Edinburgh. My legs took me to Edinburgh. Oh my God, next thing I know, I'm like spreading, <laughs> spreading legs everywhere. Like, it's just yeah i just followed my legs i guess and then duncan brothers legs just joined in and we were like our legs were just go taking us places and then we were our legs were in brighton recently that was really fun as well oh how was it how was the, what was the reception how oh did you it was so fun we haven't done the show in like two years or something and it was so fun we did it at the tent like spiegel tent really beautiful and um, the team, like the people who work and run the Spiegel Ten, are just brilliant. And like the way they, you know, ran the whole, the the whole kind of their Brighton Fringe program was just so great. They're like they're so they worked so hard, and yeah, it's just amazing that they did that. You know, they didn't receive funding from um, Arts Council. They they still went through with it. It was just yeah, and and people came and. It was just very nice to be performing again after, you know, such a long break. And after, I think people were happy that to see something, you know, stupid, especially their legs were happy. Like, yeah, their legs were, I felt their legs were happy to be there. because Were they legless? <laughs> <laughs> some of them, some of them were, some of them were. But one of the... <laughs> I'm I'm really intrigued about because as soon as I sort of did some research with guests and all stuff and it really sort of intrigued me when I saw on like the Malcolm Hardy that you received an award for the show Legs. I mean like what how did it all start? Like what happened? Like what, what I have was... to be honest with you, Marvin. I have to be honest with you. Like it wasn't it wasn't me or us that received the award it was legs because even on the award it says legs so like your legs have also received this award legs in general i think have received this award <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i'm telling you because on the award it says legs it doesn't actually say our names it just says legs so it's just legs legs <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't yeah legs pretty much what, what what made you what, what, how what was the process when did you decide right <laughs> my name's julia i want to do a show called legs um yeah um i think like the first time this happened what we, we took the first time we took a show called late night nonsense to australia and we did a cabaret where we all of us were very new to clowning. We did a couple of workshops. It was like me, Duncan Brothers, um, and Hannah and Alyssa, um, who are my friends. And we, we did um, kind of a cabaret together, a late night cabaret, where we would try very different, we, we would just try out stuff. It was a very experimental kind of 
um, time. And then how legs came about was me and Alyssa, my friend, we went to a charity shop to look for costume. And then I found a hat and a coat and I didn't find, and I was like, oh, I can't find any trousers. And then I found some heels as well. And she was just like, fuck the trousers, just wear this. And I was like, okay. And then I just started walking around the shop and like, I had so much fun walking in a weird way. <laughs> and she was laughing so much. So she was like, you have to do this on stage tonight. And I was like, no, this is scary. I'm, I'm like, my legs are out. Like, I can't, I'm scared. This is, this is, I don't know if I'm free enough to do this. This is, but then, and then I, I thought, oh, okay. And I did it and um, I came out. It was really awkward. No one laughed. People were just like, why is this girl half naked? And then I was just like, legs. I just started, it just, it came out of, cause I flopped and I just said legs cause I had to say something. And that's kind of how it came about. I just, and then I did something else. I was like, okay, do they like me a bit more now? When I said legs, they kind of laughed a little bit. So I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. So I was just like, I did a little walk and I said legs again. And then they, they laughed a bit more. And it was like, and then I just kept trying that bit every night. And some nights it completely, like one night was just two people in the audience, two comedians, George Glantz and Marcel Leconte came. And they just like, and I was, and I did legs and they were just like, their face, they were just so like confused because it was like, it's very hard to do clowning when there's just two people in the audience in general but yeah it was just such a they, and then and then it was beautiful because they came and saw it at Soho theater and it was just like from like the worst gig to a really like great gig and it was such and they came together you know so they experienced that awkwardness together <laughs> and then they came and you know they were like oh okay this this is fun like uh with, with an audience and that was really special um but um, gosh, legs, yeah. And then, and then how, and then we got to Edinburgh because I think I had that number I was excited about. And, um, and then I got really depressed at one point and I almost quit performing. And then um, very, very depressed, you know, like really bad. And then um, when, uh, and then I kind of, and then I started to perform like again, um, very slowly, <laughs> but um, that kind of kept me, I mean, like it just, I, I was just, I think I just decided like, it doesn't matter. Like this is the thing that makes me happy because I got depressed because I was like, I don't know if I can, I can do this as a job. Like I, I might need to do something else. I might need to retrain, whatever, like, um, but yeah, I, um, and then I was like, oh, I just have to, I have to, I guess I'll go to Edinburgh, like whatever. It was just because I, I love it. It, it. it brings me joy. It brings me some joy. So I thought this brings me joy. So I should just do what brings me joy because I'm a, like, I wasn't happy for, for a while, like in that period of my life. And then I messaged the Duncan brothers being like, do you want to do a show with me? Then we had to come up with a title. We were like, let's just do legs. And we were like, let's do legs. <laughs> and then we just thought, oh shit. We, we just called our show legs. This means we have to do legs. We have to, we have to make the whole show about, 
legs. It just has to be legs. So then we were like, okay. And they're so, Duncan Brothers are just like, they are just so, such free-spirited humans and they take such massive like risks and their ideas are so absolutely ridiculous but like genius stupid like so stupid that it's genius <laughs> like i i think they're genius just because i work with them but I, I i love i love what they do and i'm they inspire me so much so and they were like yes legs and then they just and it was like this it was so easy they they we didn't have to it was just fun you know and then we, we went to Edinburgh and then the first night it was like two people, two people in the audience. It was so scary. Those two people worked in the venue as well. So we were like, oh, okay. And then we did the best show we could for two people. You know, it was like, let's do the best show ever for these two people because they came. And that's so nice that at least two people came, you know? And then the next day it was four people came. We were like, great double double and the next night eight people came we were like let's do the best show for eight people and then 16 people came and then it kept growing you know and then we had like full houses the last like two weeks but we like hustled we like we walked around edinburgh with legs we you know we 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 had like i had like basically i bought some leg um I got in touch with like a factory in Estonia because I'm from Estonia and I was in Estonia at the time. And I got in touch with um, a factory that produces tights because I really needed these like legs, you know, these legs and tights shops, these like uh, mannequin type of legs. So I was like, I went to the tight shops and I was like, can I, can I please buy this leg? Or can I have this leg? Or like, do I steal this leg? Like, what do I do? And then I was like, no one was gonna give me those legs. So I, I found out the contact of like, the, in the tight shop, they told me the contact of the factory that produces basically tights and that they have these legs. So I got in touch with the guy, still have his contact. And he was like, yes. And I, he, 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 he provided me about 10 of these legs and then I have them. And sometimes I gift them to a close friend my friend in, in Norway has a leg in his house. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then we, we walked around Edinburgh with legs and it helped to spread the word. And, you know, we, we um, people were saying legs um, a lot. After a while, we would just hear people <laughs> shout legs and that was nice. And people would shout legs. Like they would come out the, the shows and be like shouting legs. And... It was just like, it, it was just awesome. It was fun. Legs. I, I, I love legs, the show. And, and I love, I, I love legs in general. Like, I think I want to thank them. I, I'm, I'll take this time to thank them. Like, uh, thank you, legs, because legs are great, you know? Legs. <laughs> yes. Legs. Legs. <laughs> legs. <laughs> legs. And so, so it, it just it, it basically it just it sort of it just some it was a fun thing that you wanted to do with the Duncan Brothers and it just sort of went on from there. And it just kind sort of, of yeah, it was just we were just having fun, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We didn't expect anything to happen. We we had no we had no marketing behind us. We we didn't pay PR. We we just um we just and we we, we just needed a venue and 
uh, just the Turnic was like the only place that would, would give us a venue to perform. So we would, we just went then. And it was just, it was, a, it was honestly, it was just, and then people came like, and then next thing we know, like um, people started reviewing our show. We were like, that's, you know, we didn't, it, it was just lucky, I guess. And also, yeah, it just all happened. And I'm very grateful that this happened because it made it a lot easier for me, like to, um, to get more opportunities after that. So legs, I'm here to thank, like, thank you, Legs. Yeah. And how how did it happen with regards to reviewers? Did they come in unannounced, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, I got a review," or did they like be like, "What, there, Julia, sweetheart? I'm a reviewer. I'm gonna pop down your place, give you a view. Oh, what, there, love?" <laughs> well. I think they got in touch with the venue and then the venue asked me like do you want to know when the reviewers are in and I was just like uh not really like I, we want yeah. them to come but I don't need to know that they're in and then but then they would say yes to them and then they came and um and then and then we were like and then the award judges came as well which was so cool because we we didn't you know we didn't come in expecting any of that like we I didn't even know that that's the thing like I didn't know much about Edinburgh and stuff and then Kate Kate Kovstig came as well one night it was like a quiet night and she came and, and I think she was um one of the judges or she was the one that gave us the award and um yeah a couple of Malcolm Hardy judges came and then it was just so cool to to yeah it was just such an honor like a total honor like because to, to just um, even have done that show, like they were like, come and do the Malcolm Hardy award show. And we were like, cool. We had no idea. Um, it was just so, such an honor to do it. Like, because it was such great, like wild performers doing crazy, crazy work. And we were like, so happy to be there, you know? Ah, and <laughs> So how did how did it happen? Did they just drop your name or say, "Congratulations, Julia and the Duncan <laughs> Brothers, you are in for an award"? Oh my God, no, no. So it wasn't as glamorous <laughs> as it sounds, honestly. Like we went the the Malcolm Hardy Award Show was the crazy like. So we, we it was like a cabaret where we didn't know. I think we knew we were nominated, but we didn't know. Uh, I can't remember how I found out about that, but we, we didn't know, like, we, we knew we were nominated, but then they were like, you have to come to this cabaret where the award ceremony will happen. And then we came and it was like, I think the people that came to that ca cabaret, like, I think it was, normally it's different, but I think they did it in a different way that year. So it was just like all these kind of random people who had no idea, who have probably never seen alternative comedy before like literally came to that show and it was like a difficult room to perform in because the acoustics are quite like it was a very big room and it was it was probably what I'm trying to say is it was probably the worst show you will ever see <laughs> um, ever like um, the, the Malcolm Hardy award comedy show like the cabaret because it was just the audience were not prepared for it the room was not not very good for clowning and stuff anyway but it was in a way because it was so bad it was kind of great because it was just 
such a mess, you know. And and then that was the award show, and and then they said legs, the legs award goes to legs, and then we were like legs, and <laughs> we were, and then on the award it says legs, and we have a yeah, just just happy that, and now we're making logs. Please come to logs if you're listening to this. Logs is the next thing. Logs. Thing logs yes and what we'll do it just got to ask a couple of questions but yeah plug anything <laughs> you have right at the end of the podcast and i'll put it all there but what um and what was the journey after that did soho Th you, you you did it all in soho theater didn't you and they were like julia this this is yo fam that thing is sick we gotta put you down in soho theater yeah <laughs> is that what happened <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> what happened was, um, I think with Soho Theatre, it was like, I think one evening when we were walking around Edinburgh with Duncan Brothers, I was just like, oh, we should do Soho Theatre with this show. <laughs> and then they were like, are you crazy? You're crazy. Yeah, Julia, you're crazy. Soho Theatre. Like, oh. And I was like, no, it's going to be great. We should do it. We should do it. So then um, they were like, no, this is, it's impossible, what are you saying? And then I just emailed them and I sent them the video of the show and they got back to us um, saying that uh, they wanted to, to do legs. They, they like legs. And, and then we did legs there and it was so much fun. It was so much fun, you know, because it was so much fun because we did legs to two people in Edinburgh, you know, we did legs I did legs to two to in Australia to people that like were not sure where this is going. Like it was just a nice, lovely thing. And then yeah, it was just nice to do that to to it was very cool. It was I'm so grateful for that experience. And how how did your sort of life how did things change? You said it brought a lot of opportunities. Like what what, yeah. what happened straight after you got the award? Well I mean, like, not a lot, but it was just like straight after, to be honest with you, the pandemic happened. Like, um, so we were like gonna do logs in Edinburgh the next year. I was also, I have another show called Anna Karen and Nanana with, um, with two of my very, very good sister friends um, who are so fantastic and brilliant and ridiculous clowns and uh, we love that show and we we even got yeah anyway but like th that show didn't happen that was a heartbreak because we did it a couple of times we we're gonna do a full run in edinburgh with it and yeah but um so it was the pandemic the pandemic was what happened after so, <laughs> so uh, we it was me and vigo like uh, living together Vigo my partner who's also a clown and um, then we just ended up kind of experimenting with videos quite a lot and kind of uh, filming stuff and doing some zoom gigs and shows shows online things like that so yeah and then now I'm just slowly crawling out you know of that cave trying to get back into it all but, but yeah, so, some work came from some people like now we're working with a Finnish company uh, called Racehorse in um, Finland uh, on a big circus show. 
with Vigo. And that happened because they came to see Legs and they yeah. came to see Vigo's show. And that was very nice because now I have a, some work with them and some other work I have that happened because of Legs. Like, I guess it just helped me a little bit to, um, you know, to get out there and start doing things. Yeah. So the message here is try anything and you, and have fun with it and you never know what will happen. 100% just do the fun thing, I think, and commit, like commit to it 100%. Whatever is fun for you, yeah. Do you think if you maybe have thought about it too much and you're trying to do this with an agenda or all these other things that come into doing a show yeah. that other people try and do, get a PA company, do all these things? Yeah it maybe wouldn't it would have been maybe you'd have thought about it too much and you wouldn't have yeah had I think had. at yeah I think at the stage where I was like because I think the people that um do PR I think that's great and I think that can be great and but I think I was uh just very much starting out and discovering what mm. this is because I think of course PR and producers and all that it's such an amazing thing to have that support and like um but yeah we didn't have that but also that we were kind of um starting out so I think yeah I, I think both is fine like but I guess I think but what you're saying is um is nice because I think even if you do have the PR like of course it's important to just remember why you do this because you because it's a joy and hopefully it brings people some joy in their life and you, you because you can all have this lovely kind of um, collective uh, experience of fun having fun and laughing together and that's why you do it so it's not because you need the PR and like opportunities I think I think what I mean by that is like, I'm just grateful to be able to do more of this, you know, and I'm grateful to have, to, to, to be able to do more of it because I love it so much. And um, uh, yeah, I think like the PR and producer and all that, it's like, that helps, that helps you to do more of what you do, more of the fun stuff that you do. And hmm. I think I, I guess I look at it like that, but also like I love the work of people who are approaching it from a completely different um, way as well. You know, I think it's very personal. Yeah. Yeah. You like people with a different angle. And one, Absolutely. Of, the, Absolutely. one of the things I want to ask you, of course, that you're in the same year of Zach Vigo. I mean, Vigo, yeah. I, I want to see his show. I've heard a legendary story of where he spoke to someone and he spent 10 minutes guessing their name. And I hear it was a thing of beauty. And with Zach, I watched his Jack Tucker show and like that went brilliantly. And he's done, he's doing tours across the world with that. <laughs> yes. And then there's Ada Camp. She does virtually everything like magic, singing. Um, she performs in the cabaret circuit, the stand up circuit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um ada camp um it, did she go she's in the edinburgh fringe and she she's a mixture of all different genres and she's a cool. character act sounds yeah. awesome I, i'll i'll look, look into her she does a magical duck and she says because <laughs> she does all these industries and she doesn't define herself as one thing or the other she gets to learn from all these different performers yes 
Oh, cool. She sounds awesome. Oh, she is. I'll, it was I'll, a I'll real pleasure having her on. Oh, cool. Okay. I, I, I'll look into her work. Great. And I, I appreciate you coming on telling me the story of legs and like your journey to comedy. And it is a very, it's a unique, it's, it's a, it's, a, it's like a, like a little movie in a way of like you just going on one thing and then all these things happening <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice where legs can take you for sure of course legs, legs. <laughs> now one of the things that i want to ask of you is you say that you like to meditate a lot did i say that he said that in the not too bad comedy you like oh, yeah. you're very big in mindfulness and all of that Oh, damn. Do you know what? That reminds me that I have to start doing that again because I've literally haven't done that in in like a month now. <laughs> okay. I need to get back into it because it, <laughs> it, it, I do love it and it, it keeps my brain like it's very good. Good for me. Yeah. So it's been an absolute joy to have you on. The only two questions I have now is yeah. like, what how so you mentioned a bit about how you adapted to life after the pandemic but so you're telling me that as soon as a lot of things happened the pandemic happened is that yeah yeah pretty much oh god <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so you you overcame that because you got offered a lot of zoom gigs and you did a lot of online stuff and well to be honest with you like i i just i was kind of in a way i, I just took that I mean, it happened and I was like, of course it sucks, but also like, okay, great. I have the time to be alone and to be still. And like, because I was doing almost, I think I was about to do too much. I think that was a thing of like, oh my God, I'm going to get burnt out. Like, so in a way, like to, to, to stop was good for me, like to stop and be like, phew, just do, just, you know. And, and I, I spent a lot of time just like, reading and being in nature and like um obviously like working as well but um it was nice to kind of pause and and not get too because i think yeah it, it was good for me to to not do anything for a while hmm. of course as well but um yeah I, I also loved the chance to work with vigo and um to be with him like because we are always on tour and like we haven't had much time together and it was just so nice you know to be able to be together and then that was like that meant that also we worked together because we were in the same place so it was kind of nice because I think if I was alone I would find the whole zoom stuff the zoom gigging and like making videos I would find that quite um tough because it's like if I'm doing a zoom gig and it's finished it's just silence I, it's, I'm just alone in my room and it's silence with a live gig it's like you get to hang out with your friends after or whatever but um but we were together so it was like we did a zoom gig and then after we'd be like woo celebrate that you know so it was I'm grateful to have um been kind of together during that time because it definitely uh was a lot of fun and uh, i think i learned a lot about like making videos and and technology i was just like so like oh i'm scared green screen but it was fun to like um 
to learn about that and to use that. And we had a lot of fun, yeah, doing that. It's and it's yeah, in some ways, it was a good thing to take a break from performing. And I think people get into this we've got to perform, we've got to perform, yeah. and it's good to get away from that. And just did you find that as well? Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the break from comedy because you get into this mindset you have to gig, 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 do this and that. Yeah, right? It's nice, isn't it? To ref like to be like, why am I even doing this? To have the time to like question. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the biggest lesson of reformers. Sometimes it's good to take a break and not be just. <laughs> yes. For sure. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, the thing that I would like to ask now is like, for, for people that are listening, they're like, we love you, Julia, and we want to find out more about you. How do they find out about you, your shows, your social media, and how do they get in contact? Yeah, so um, I usually post stuff on Instagram and it's just my name, Julia Mathley, about stuff that I'm doing. And then Facebook as well, I post there, Julia Mathley as well. I'm kind of Julia Mathley everywhere and I try to post it kind of everywhere if I'm doing something. Um, yeah, and I have a website It's a, it's that I made in lockdown that was like, finally i'm gonna i actually even made a website so i have that and and you can you can email me even from there because i i can't believe i'm professional enough to say that i have a website i made a website <laughs> but yeah um yeah and please please just please come to logs because i'm so excited about that show and so does it mean that you're going to cut down trees during the show? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know what? Like, I mean the show. I'm actually a tree in the show. Oh. Yeah. So my, you know, I have, I feel many different, you know, I have a different perspective on logs in the show. So. And for, for people, like, what, what, what would the experience be like? Although they do cut me down in the show. I gotta say to you so yeah trees do get cut down okay so it will be a mystical but also enter entertaining end it it will it's a really i'm excited we haven't ever done the show yet but we've we kind of we did a gig we gigged some stuff with it and we 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 kind of made it i mean it's it's not obviously you really it, it will only happen like with the audience but but I'm excited. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. So please. Yeah. Logs. Logs. All right. Guys, you better log it up and watch her show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are you around? Um, you're I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm in London at the moment. So if it's in London, I'll pop down and watch it. Yeah. Pop down. It'd be so nice to meet you in person as well. Yeah. Come. Send me the deets and I'll come and watch cool cool awesome now for everyone back home i hope you've enjoyed it um if you guys like the episode make sure you share it subscribe give us a few on itunes also if you want to give some feedback and have a chat with me on it just drop me an email info instant last.com and also just to help to support the show and keep going you can donate to the patreon page which is the comedian's paradise it'll help us get more fantastic guests like julia 
and keep this podcast going. You guys have been awesome. Jude has been awesome. And I'll see you guys at the next episode. Thank you.